Well, good morning, friends. We're in our series, uh, The ABCs of um, Our Christian Walk. Uh, we're podcast number 464 for Wednesday, the 19th of uh, January, 2022. Uh, turn to your um, memory verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the word of the cross, or the teaching, or the preaching of the cross, is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And let's turn to Romans, turn back to Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now turn to uh, Romans 10, Romans chapter 10. Today I want to talk about, in our ABCs, I want to talk about belief, because belief is incredibly important to life, Um, trust and belief. Here's what the dictionary calls it. Uh, Belief is trust, faith, or confidence in someone or something, an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. The truth about belief is that it's only as good as the object of our belief Our belief is only as good as the object of our belief. Let's look at Romans 10, verses 8 through 16. Romans 10, verse 8. But what does the word say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. What does it say to you when we teach? And what are we teaching to you? Because if we confess, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. This is such a a huge change from what the Old Testament says about the heart in that... that, um, what we need to do is give God our heart. In Jeremiah chapter 17, 9 and 10, it just says the heart is deceitful. It's wicked. Who can know it? But that's because before Christ, our heart is, which is, by the way, not the organ that pumps blood, but the centrality of who we are, our belief systems and how we respond. That is all about us. Our heart is all about us. It's deceitful and wicked. Who can know it? How many times when you were young did you think that you were in love? How many times did you think everything would be all right if I just had this or I got this? How many times as an adult if I just had this new job or new situation? And and what happens is we, we're told by the world, and I, I see this all the time because I love Hallmark, right? Uh, follow your heart. Well, this is the worst thing you can do out before you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But he said it's... It's with the heart that one believes and is justified, and with the mouth confession is made. So it's this combination of of this heart change and this head change. The Lord tells us to, to love them with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. 
It is a, it is all of that wrapped into one. And so as we believe, it's not just something simple. Oh, yes, I believe. It is what you believe in that is really key. Verse 11, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him, in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. There's the belief part. We call on him. Verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? That is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? He quotes Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. See, it's it's the object of our belief that is incredibly important to belief itself. We can believe a lot of things and be let down a lot of times. And that's why many people who are... Um, who are asked to come or invited to come to to church or to to Bible study or or to hear about Christ? They've they've just heard so many stories, and they've been let down so many times by people. That's why I love uh, what Philip says: uh, just just come and see, <laughs> just come and see. Right? I believe it was Philip. Just come and see. I, I just think it's it's sometimes that's the response, or excuse me, that's the our reproach. Just come and see. Don't ask them to believe. Don't ask them uh, to 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 jump in with both feet. But just come and see, and they won't be disappointed, because it's the object of our faith that is that is so key. Look at uh, John chapter fourteen. John chapter 14, Jesus um, washes the disciples' feet. He's giving them a new commandment. Uh, He's talking about uh, Peter's denial. And then all of a sudden he says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. See, there's there's the thing. Believe in God. What's the object of the faith that I'm talking about? Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would not I have told you so that I go to prepare a place for you? I wouldn't have told you this if it wasn't true. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am. Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. So how in the world can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. And the, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known the Father also. From now on, you do know me and have, or you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe Do you not believe that I am in him? I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me 
that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe uh, on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater things than these uh, will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Wow, there's a lot there, but he talks about... um, being the way, the truth, and the life. He he narrows down the gospel to this, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And he said, you believe the Father, believe me. And how central was this message and how important was this message at this, this time? It was huge because he was about to leave. He was about to go away. And in order for them to to carry on, to pick up and carry on where he left off, because he said greater things you're going to do. What do you mean? What does he mean by that? Greater in amount, right? Because I've been doing these things in your presence. I'm about to leave. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come in and take up residence in you. And because the residence of the Holy Spirit is now uh, not external, but internal, you're going to do greater amounts of things. And Truthfully, because of this belief, the church exploded. Now, belief isn't always perfect. Belief isn't always perfect. And there are situations that require even more belief at different times. Excuse me, look at John chapter 11. We know the story really well of the death of Lazarus. Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he spent time with them. They opened up their home to him. He, 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 he loved them, and they loved him. And yet when he hears the news that Lazarus is, is sick, he waits another couple days for Lazarus um, to truly pass away. He says to, the, to his disciples who don't understand he's sleeping, he said, well, if he's sleeping, why are we worried about it? And then Jesus has to go farther. He said, Lazarus is dead. And then they're wondering why he didn't go immediately. Well, he didn't go immediately because he was about to do something so powerful that it would rock them, cause them to believe more, but also it would put him in the bullseye of the Pharisees. And that was his intention. Look at verse 17 of chapter 11. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb four days. Not a surprise, he knew that. He waited two more days, and then he traveled two days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. They were friends, but they were also professional mourners. That's what they did. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to him, Lord, if... You had been here, my brother would not have died. That's how much faith she had in him. You could have healed him. You could have changed this situation. Verse 22, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So she had uh, a faith and she had a belief. Uh, She spoke it. Jesus said, "Your, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Many Jews, not all, but many Jews believed there'd be a single resurrection at the end, the resurrection of the good uh, to heaven, the resurrection of the not good, <laughs> those that uh, did not have a relationship with God, not through Jesus Christ, because at this point there was no relationship through uh, faith in Christ. It was all 
righteousness by keeping the law. Jesus said to her, uh, Martha said to him, I know that you'll rise, uh, he will rise again on the resurrection, underline resurrection on the last day. So there was a limit to her belief. But she was going by what she'd been taught and trained for all of her life. Jesus said to her, I am, I'll circle that, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Do you see the progression of her faith as Jesus begins to encourage her and instruct her? Um, and we can't hold her accountable here because she's going by what she's been taught all of her life. And Jesus is just walking her through baby steps, and each step is bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And each way along, each point along the way says, do you believe? Do you believe? And he continues to go farther. Verse 28, when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here calling for you. And, and when she heard this, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had left him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. They're going along to weep with her. Misery loves company, right? Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet in worship. Mary was always at the feet of Jesus in worship. It was beautiful. She would come and fall at his feet and just worship him. And then she says to him, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Sound familiar? When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also were weeping, he was deeply moved. Why? Because he loved them. He loved Martha. He loved Mary in his spirit. And he was greatly troubled also because of unbelief. And he said to him, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Verse 36, so the, so the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind men also have kept him from dying? What a beautiful um, story here. And it's, it's so much more than that. And it's actually more than the resurrection of Lazarus here. This is a story about belief and unbelief. This is a story about bringing these people to a place where um, they needed to be. Why? Because he was about to go through the most excruciating death of his own. He wouldn't just die a death like Lazarus. He was about to be crucified. He was about to be crucified. So he raises Lazarus from the dead. The, the belief goes crazy. And, and you would think that everybody would be happy but look at verse 45. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he had done, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. Verse 48 is the key. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation was all about them. It was all about their place. It was all about uh, their situation. It was all about what was in it for them. See, the peace of Rome was the only thing that kept the Jews in a situation where they have the freedom of religion. Even though they were under political oppression, they were free to practice their religion as long as they kept the peace of Rome. And this 
would be something that could disrupt the peace of Rome when this new guy comes on the scene and he's doing these huge miracles and many are going out to follow him. See, belief creates, belief creates so much change in us that it affects others. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. Verses 1 through 6. We see the story of Abram being um, given this covenant agreement in Genesis chapter 12. And then we get into Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. And, uh, and, and God continues to, to minister to this, to this man, Abram. Verse 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a, a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will not be an heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your, your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. He had not yet had a son. He was getting older and older and yet, and yet God was telling him, this man, Eliezer, will not be your heir. I'm going to give you an heir, and out of your heir, I'm going to do this great things. I'm going I'm to give you the land. I'm going to give you a, a personal blessing, and I'm going to also give you national blessing because out of your seed, which would be from, uh, from Isaac on, would come the seed, Jesus Christ, who would be the one that would take away the sins of the world. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, <clears throat> Paul speaking about this very thing, this very um, confrontation, this covenant with, between God and Abraham in verses four, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. It says, What sh then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Righteousness. What was the key? It was the belief. It was the trust. Righteousness didn't come by Abraham keeping the law. Righteousness came to Abraham because of his faith. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. What is God after in you and I? Is he after our works? No, he's after our hearts. And he's after our belief. His desire is to do something so deep within us that our faith cannot be shaken by what we see but our faith will be in what we do not see yet. If you read the, the book of Hebrews, just chapter 11, just read that this week. You look at what God did through all of these people. Many of them, the Bible says, never saw the end result of the promise that God gave. But they believed and they trusted. 
the word believed here is in the is the Hebrew word aman. Sounds like amen, but aman. And it means to believe as if receiving something as true and sure. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. That's what God is asking for us. That we have such a belief and such a trust that no matter what the uh, the 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 circumstances look like, we trust and we believe. We trust and we believe. What is it in your life today that you're struggling to believe? A promise from God that maybe has taken taken longer than you thought it would be. God promised you your children. God promised you your health. God promised you something and you're you're struggling like the the man who had the the son who was demon possessed and 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 at Jesus asked him do you believe and he said Lord I believe help my unbelief in cha- in Mark chapter 9. Maybe you need to pray that prayer. Lord I believe but help my unbelief. That corner of the room that's still struggling. That corner of my heart that I haven't yet yielded and trusted and believe you for. God, help me to believe. Let me close in prayer in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you until we talk again. <laughs>